buzzwords. Every industry has them. They get created by a small group of well-informed people and then proceed to get thrown around by the less informed, often incorrectly. They serve a good purpose, to give us a new way to identify something which previously had no category. But their very existence is a simplification. They start to get used as a way to skim over the complications that come when you zoom into a topic close enough. My name is Franco, and I'm the editor of PropMoto, a publication about innovation in the built world. And this is my podcast series that uncovers the hype and the hope behind some of the buzzwords that are so often used in the prop tech industry. This series was created thanks to the support of our sponsors, Modally, the HVAC technology company. I hope you like it. February 7th, in the year 2000, the Regency Theater in San Francisco hosted an event with 1,500 techies. They were gathered for an event themed End of Software that was hosted by a young startup called Salesforce. The company had just raised $13.2 million and was now hoping to bring some attention to its new collaborative development style that was built around a new technology called Application Programming Interface. This piece of intermediary code could help translate data from one system's language to another's. The party was meant to be a celebration of an end of an era, one where companies all had to build every piece of tech from scratch. The B-52s even played for the after party. Salesforce had developed a way for their enterprise sales software to be easily integrated and built upon. These APIs were one of the fundamental components of Salesforce's strategy. Now its product is used by over 150,000 businesses worldwide, and it is worth over $180 billion. Much like Salesforce, the use of APIs has grown as well. In 2005, there were only a handful of APIs that have been developed. By 2018, the count was around 22,000. Now almost every software category has an API in some form. In buildings, where many different pieces of hardware, built at different times by different companies, have to talk to each other, APIs are the glue that binds all the systems together. To learn more about the specifics of APIs, I talked to Matthew Sally, VP of Business Development at Modally, the sponsor for this show. I had chatted with Matthew before, so I knew from experience that he was a proud nerd. He took our Zoom call from his garage, where he proudly showed off the server stack neatly shelved in the corner. First, he gave me my primer for what APIs are and why they are so important. API, by definition, is, is really just, you know, it, it, it technically stands for Application Protocol Interface, which is a very nerdy way of saying two software systems talking to each other. You know, it's a bidirectional communication of two different, uh, two different servers, two different databases, where they're sort of reconciling the records back and forth. And what they're really doing is communicating, right? They're really just communicating without humans, they're talking to each other without, without the need for email or a, a person entering data. And they're really meant to be automatic processing engines. And it's really, really handy in streamlining things and speeding things up and error-proofing things, which is exactly what you know, they're intended to do and what, what people think. With APIs in place, buildings can have all of their systems speaking the same language. 
This allows buildings to use data from one system and make an adjustment to another. But it's only when things go right. Matthew points out problems can make things go a lot less smoothly. One of the ways of looking at this is sort of thinking about a smooth path and a bumpy path in terms of uh, you know development. So a smooth path would be, I'm going to send this order from my system to your system. And when I send you this order, if every single field in this order, and let's assume it's this work order or a service call, if every single field in this work order is filled out and all the field match validation, meaning you know the phone number is a phone number, the email address is an email address, the purchase order number is a purchase order number, if that all meets validation, great. That can be automated. That's on the smooth path. We can go right to you know executing that work order and, and, and doing the next steps. Um, if it's not, if you find that you know the phone number isn't a phone number, or the email address isn't an email address, or the email bounces, or the work order number is, isn't a real address, um, any of those things can cause a fault. And then it drops out of the smooth path, and it goes on to the bumpy path. And it's not so much that it's a bumpy path, but it's more of a human path. At that point, some human has to catch that. Some, someone somewhere has to see that something happened, and, and, and grab that and say, oh, we've got a problem, we need to fix it. And if that becomes a recurring event and that same issue keeps happening, then that can be solved with software in you know, the API talking to the API, the system talking to the system um, long term. And with the real goal of just sort of like ironing out those bumps so that the bumpy road becomes less bumpy and you have more and more smooth road, because the more you do that, just the better it gets. I asked Matthew to envision what the perfect world would look like if every building system was seamlessly connected with APIs. Um, let's take the example just for kicks in, of a multifamily uh, property owner um, and property manager. So uh, a multifamily resident has a app on their phone for their apartment. And their apartment, through that app, they're able to you know, control the lots, lots, the lights, the locks, and the thermostat. And, uh, one day, uh, the thermostat, because it's connected to an API, notices that um, there's something wrong with the system, whatever that is. And the thermostat then would notify the resident and say, hey, resident, there's a problem. Um, can we come out and fix it? And the resident would say, yeah, you can come out and fix it, but you can only come out and fix it on these days. And then that, that, that's a different system. That's a handoff that just happened. And then the resident says, yeah, you can do that, but you can come out on these days, you know, Tuesday between 2 and 4. Okay, great. Well, that system just talked to another system that's going to, you know, look at contractors and talk to contractors. Contractors will get involved and um, they'll, they'll see that there's a service call. They'll agree to do that service call. They'll see that they need to pick up a piece of equipment. That's another API that just fired. Um, they'll go over. It'll say, okay, contractor, your equipment's available. Great. They'll go back. They'll go to the distribution center and pick up the piece of equipment. They'll show them their phone. The distribution center has that piece of equipment sitting on the dock and it's ready to go because they knew that was coming because an API told them it was. Um, contractor goes to the job site. The property manager is expecting them because they see a service order in their system that this has happened. Um, property manager says, okay, here's the apartment. Um, a, a door key code is generated for the contractor through the other system and it shows up in their app. Um, so that they can have access to the residence unit. Uh, they, they do the work, they complete the work, um, they check out, they take all the photos, all the nice things that happen. 
Um, and then what happens uh, is, uh, you know, all the money starts to flow then, right? So the property manager pays for the contractor, the contractor pays for the equipment, the equipment gets, you know, installed and, and, and invoiced, and, and all of that kind of falls into, into really smooth order. Um, that, that is really the, the promise of, of, you know, interconnected systems in the property management world is really spanning from resident to uh, asset, to vendor, and back again. Buildings have many stakeholders. Being able to connect systems allows all of these stakeholders, even if they have never interacted with each other before, to share information in a safe, reliable way. Salesforce wasn't selling the end of software. It was selling the end of conflicting software. And it turns out that was a sale that much of the tech world was ready to take. This episode is brought to you in cooperation with Modally. Modally is an HVAC management technology company. They work with multifamily, single family, and commercial customers all over the country. They have over 2,000 contractors and 1,000 distributor centers nationwide. They're backed by one of the largest HVAC manufacturers in the U.S., and they create one point of contact for all your HVAC needs. If you want to check out more about what they offer, go to modally.com. That's M-O-T-I-L-I.com. To continue my investigation into APIs, I had to go all the way to Oslo, Norway. By phone, of course. I talked with Eric Firavag. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, but luckily, Norwegians are a rather forgiving bunch. Eric is co-founder of Disruptive Technologies. They produce small sensors, not much bigger than the size of a postage stamp. They can record all kinds of useful data. Before I let Eric talk about what APIs are a bit, I have to explain a few things first. He talks about REST APIs. REST is short for Representational State Transfer. REST is a type of data architecture that is popular because it's uniform interface. Don't feel bad if you didn't know this. I had to Google it as well. APIs have existed for many, many, many years. I guess almost since the computer was uh, invented. And basically, um, an interface where one software pro program can talk to another software program. Um, one way to do this uh, at the Windows computer has been through the operating system, uh, and there's various ways to do that. Uh, the problem is that this communication is within that computer itself and between these two applications on that operating system. What, in, what, what we now are more and more called calling an API is a REST API, uh, which is an API, uh, an, an application programming interface, uh, not only between two applications on the same PC, but basically between all type of software systems running on the cloud or web applications running in the cloud. And the simplest way this, to describe an API is basically that machines are clicking on web links uh, on each side and uh, sending information uh, as part of clicking that web link. And by doing this, on either side, they communicate. And there are standards on how these two computers 
or these two, these two uh, applications, cloud services, should do this. It sounds so simple, right? Let's just write some code that lets two computers or applications or cloud services communicate and call it done. Well, as you might have already suspected, it isn't that easy. Eric told me that even with standardization, there is no agreed upon language. Again, I have to explain something a bit technical that he says. At one point, he mentions Rev APIs. Rev is part of the code, and it is short for reverse link. A reverse link is one that brings a link to a server, unlike a typical forward link that specifies an address outside the system. Even if two computers are, are exchanging information on, on a kind of common interface like the API with, with web links, REST API. Um, it's not agreed on how all devices in the world should talk to each other or how the language from a sensor to an analytics cloud should be exchanged. The, the language differs between all the clouds in the world uh, and, and the way that one computer exchanged this information to another Although the characters, although the, the web links are the same, um, the parameters that are sent are different. And so there needs to be um, humans that does the integration that translates uh, this information from the sender to the receiver so that it's understandable. And uh, that, that, that um, is both about the data types, what data is sent, what type of data is this. Uh, it's, it's about the context of the data, uh, in, in what other data is relating to this, and it's about normalization of this data. So I asked Eric, where do we go from here? How will APIs evolve to become easier and more reliable, since that seems to be the direction of gravity when it comes to software innovation? He told me that there will eventually be an automation to the API process and an entire cloud dedicated to connecting systems. That interface is, is written manually and there's, there's quite a lot of things to think of still for people that are doing the integration. First, integration needs to be done by humans, but when they do it, it's, it needs to be thinking carefully through how it's done. So what will happen now over the next years is that these integrations will likely not be done by humans. Uh, they will be done by, I would think, what we would refer to as something as context clouds, where there's other clouds that knows how one cloud should talk to another cloud and that they disconnect. Um, or distribution clouds, where there's data coming into one cloud and, and it's already integrated into that cloud and it knows about hundreds of other clouds that it can connect to. Hopefully you know more about APIs now than you did when you started this journey. One of the difficulties of bringing software into industries that typically don't require computer science training, like building management, is that many lack the fundamental understandings of how software works. While most of us in the property industry will never learn to code, we need to speak the language of it. Luckily, we might not have to. Even though we are not living in the software-free world that Salesforce was selling at their big party back in 2000, we are approaching a no-code world, where even us non-techies can build useful things 
by just dragging commands around our screens like we do files in our desktop. This will only happen, though, if we understand what APIs can do and how they do it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the other two in the series where I examine the truths and the myths about another two buzzwords, IoT and AI, by going to our website, propmoto.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Be safe and build well.